Welcome to Feed Your Health, a weekly podcast with your host Morgan Shepherd, where we'll be taking a deep dive into the big dial movers of health, focusing on movement, nutrition, and stress management. You'll get tangible takeaways, tactical knowledge, and exclusive stories to inspire and empower you on your transformational health journey. Let's get thriving. Welcome to the podcast. So, in honor of the fact that I'm actually bumping up my own calories, increasing my protein and carbs to try and build more muscle, I actually wanted to talk about how eating more might actually help you lose weight. So there are a few signs that you might actually need to eat more. And I'm going to run down them relatively quickly with some tidbits of knowledge in between. One of them is that you're always thinking about food. Now, I know I do this because I'm a chef. And in the beginning, you will. You'll constantly be thinking about food because you're actually working on developing new habits around food, trying to figure out what works for you, how to get in the calories that you need to be eating, etc. All of that. So food is going to be in the forefront of your mind for the first few weeks at least while you figure these things out. But after a few weeks, when you've sort of gotten into a routine and you know how much you should be eating and you're hitting your goals consistently, you're not going to be thinking about it as much other than like meal prepping and planning. And then once those are set up and in place and you've already created those systems and routines, it's not a constant thing of, ooh, I'm hungry. I want to eat. I'm hungry. I want to eat. So if you are constantly thinking about when your next meal is going to happen to an obsessive degree, it could mean that you're actually not eating enough food. Another thing I want to point out is that fasting absolutely does have a time and a place and serves a purpose. But I actually urge my clients to eat at least three full meals a day or multiple small ones, depending on how their digestion responds to food. I think that skipping meals in the beginning isn't really a good way to set up sustainable habits. Keeping your food intake high is really important to achieve optimal performance. I want you eating as much food as possible in order to achieve your goals. It's not about taking out food and restricting food. It's about adding in as much as you can without gaining too much. And skipping meals often actually leaves you more drained and tired and more likely to binge later on. So until you get a handle on how your body responds to food and your digestion, making sure that you're hitting balanced meals and getting in enough protein and getting in enough carbs and fats, I really don't recommend fasting. It can serve a purpose, but from a long-term viewpoint, it's not really something that I push on clients. Another possible indicator that you might need to eat more food is if you're having headaches all the time. You might be feeling dizzy or lightheaded. It actually might be a signal that your blood sugar is really low. Like, I know if I go too long without eating, or if I'm not getting in an adequate amount of food, I feel extra tired and I get hangry. I might get agitated or irritable. My partner knows that hangry Morgan is no fun to be around. So that might mean that I prepare in advance and I bring food with me if I know I'm going to be somewhere where I don't have access to food sources or if I'm going to go to work, I'll pack a lunch. I mean, I work from home now, but like back in the day, pack a lunch, bring a snack, make sure I have my protein shakes with me in the car for when I go to my workouts, bring some nuts, bring a banana, whatever. 
but find a way to make sure that I plan and prepare for that so I'm never without food available to me. I think that's really important, especially in the beginning, because then you can control what foods you are consuming rather than being like out in the wild, hungry, and the only thing available is some french fries. If you bring stuff with you, you're more likely to be able to choose healthier options. So if you are feeling anxious and on edge, it could be because you need more food. Also, a big one is that if you're not sleeping well, you could be under eating and under fueling. When you're eating an adequate supply of proteins and fats and carbs too, your body is able to perform the processes that allow it to repair itself during the night. And I think that's really something that we need to focus on more especially if we are working out and we're training and we're doing any kind of strenuous activity with our bodies, making sure that we're prioritizing our sleep. I know I talked briefly last week about that other podcast I did with Irina talking about sleep, but it's such an important thing that we don't really focus on in today's world. And, you know, we talk about hustle culture a lot and just pushing yourself to the limit and like, we have this idealized version that the sleep-deprived person who is working hard and doing two jobs and being there for their family while also having a clean house and all of these things, that is more important than good sleep. But that's just not true. Sleep is so important and we don't prioritize it enough. So if you're not eating enough, you might be having poor sleep and that's going to affect every other aspect of your life. So maybe increasing food to accommodate that or adjust that, you know, might be something to focus on. And for those of us who bleed monthly, one big sign that you might not be eating enough is the loss of your period. This actually often happens with athletes, especially when they're overtraining. I've had it happen a couple times. Even though it's such a common occurrence, it's not normal. It's not good for your body. And eating more usually, sometimes, can help you ensure that things keep functioning as they should. So obviously if you're overtraining, you're going to have to cut back on some of the training to restore your body's natural functions, but eating more is one of the things that's going to help with that. And I actually find that eating more food makes this whole process of body recomposition more fun. I mean, I'm a fucking foodie. Like, I love eating out. I love going to new restaurants. I love trying new recipes. Well, I mean, I don't cook from recipes, but like trying new methods of cooking and playing around with different flavors and textures and spices and all of these things. I love food. Like I grew up eating food. Food is family. Food is love. So I get it. But I think that a lot of times that society has pushed this stigma around eating. You know, if you eat too much, there's something wrong with you. If you overeat, if you overindulge, there's something wrong with you. You know, and they idolize this like binge eating behavior where you're restricting yourself all the time and then you go binge and then you restrict and then you binge. They have this view on life where, you know, we're really good during the week and then we overdo it on the weekends. And I think that actually has a lot to do with the way that our work week is set up. Now, that's a whole other conversation, but I think this past era of nutrition and fitness has really been focused on people not eating. And that's been so detrimental to a lot of us. You know, we have these feelings around food that 
we shouldn't have. I joke about it, and it's funny, but it's really not, that I eat four times the amount of what my partner eats. And probably subconsciously, I'm feeling some kind of shame about it because I grew up with this notion that you had to eat salads and you had to eat small amounts of food and you couldn't stuff your face with things. And there's just so much stigma around that. And I think we need to move away from that. When you're eating in a way that's supporting your body's functions and you're feeding it, you're not as tired, you're not irritable, you're not angry, you can still function at a high level while achieving these weight loss goals, while achieving body composition changes. It doesn't have to be about restriction, it doesn't have to be about deprivation and cutting things out of your life. I think it should be an additive process. That does mean it will take longer. And accepting that is really hard for a lot of people. We've also fallen into this trap of believing that we can't live now and that we can't live until we have the body of our dreams. You know, I've fallen into that trap a couple times myself, but like when you finally accept that life is happening and now is when you need to be living, finding a way to eat the things that you enjoy in moderation and enjoying the time with your family and prioritizing your health and movement as a way to nourish your body rather than as a way to punish your body. Those are really important conversations to have and to think about and change your perspective of how you're looking at weight loss or body composition changes. You know, it's not about punishing. It's not about shame. It's not about guilt. It's about how can I live the best life possible in the most healthful way to support a long-term life here? You know, society has led us to believe that eating 1,200 to 1,500 calories is the optimal way to lose weight quickly. And it's just not. It's not a healthy way to be. It's an extremist mindset. It's leading to more detrimental habits around food that just don't support a healthy lifestyle. So, in my coaching, I will always push you to eat as much as possible while still being able to function and have the changes that you are looking for, which is a process. It takes time, you know. One of the problems that happens when you're under eating is that your metabolism will begin to burn fewer calories because it recognizes that you're not giving it sufficient fuel to operate. So it's going to attempt to slow down certain processes and that's why you're going to feel tired and that's why you're going to be angry and that's why you might move slower and you'll feel just kind of jelly you know because your body's not operating at the level it needs to be operating because you're not giving it enough gas for the tank like if you're not putting gas in the machine it's not gonna run and this is often why chronic dieters reach plateaus and they stop seeing changes in their body composition. Because eventually, your body begins to break down muscles for energy. If you're not giving it enough food, it's going to do what's called muscle catabolism after a certain point. And that means that you're not eating enough food and while you're attempting to build muscle and lose fat, you might actually be burning away all of your gains. So... If after initial period of weight loss, you aren't losing anymore, and you're sort of stuck in this spot where nothing seems to be happening, and you're just getting more and more frustrated, you've probably potentially reached a plateau. And this basically means that the calories you eat equal the amount of calories that you're burning, because your body's adapted to these fewer calories that you're giving it. In general, this actually isn't a problem, it's just a part of the process. 
Because the truth is that weight loss isn't linear and plateaus actually serve a purpose. So you might think that you lose, you lose, you lose, you lose, you lose, you lose, you lose. And that's how it works. But that's not actually how it works. It's going to be you lose, you lose, you maintain, you maintain, might gain, you might gain, you may go back to maintaining and then back to losing. It's like, it's a process and it fluctuates and it changes and it all depends on all of these different circumstances. It's not a straight line and we can't look at it like that. And a lot of times we get really frustrated when we are plateauing, but like, that's not a bad thing necessarily. In an ideal weight loss journey, you're actually going to go through various phases. So maintenance is basically where you are eating the same amount of calories as you burn and your weight is staying pretty much the same. A deficit would be where you're eating fewer calories than you burn and your weight is gradually decreasing. Ideally in a healthy way, one to two pounds a week, nothing more than that. A reverse is where you are eating more calories than you burn. So this is a surplus, usually in conjunction with a focused progressive overload strength training program, which is essentially what I'm going through right now. And it's going to allow your body to use those extra calories, hopefully, to build muscle. When you have these different phases throughout your journey, the goal is always to eat as much calories, as much food as possible, to function optimally and get the desired result. Periods of maintenance actually allow your body to reset and adapt to all the stresses that you've put them through while being in a deficit. Because when you're in a deficit and you're eating way less calories, and ideally it's not going to be way less calories, you're only going to eat like maybe 10 to 20% less than you would normally. It's not extreme. We're not cutting thousands of calories out of your diet. I still want you eating enough to support all your body's functions. But when you're in a little bit of a deficit, you're still stressing out your body. So getting back into that maintenance phase is really beneficial because it'll give you that moment is really beneficial if you slowly bring your body back into maintenance calories, whether that is for a few weeks or having like a few refeed days, you're actually going to give yourself the chance to recover a little bit more. So that if you do go back into a deficit, you're going to be able to push yourself out of that plateau. But the whole point of this podcast is to talk about how food is not your enemy. It's actually the fuel that allows your body to function. And the goal is to be able to do all the fun things in life. And food helps us do that. It's the fuel that's going to get us to our goals with body composition changes, but also functioning just in life. Now, I'm not saying go out and eat a bunch of food willy-nilly and just, you know, stuff it in your face and be like, oh, well, Morgan said I need to eat more food. There is a planned, systematic way to do it so that you're not going to shock your metabolism. If you have been in a deficit for a very long period of time and you want to increase your food, do it slowly. Any changes that you're making with your diet should always be done slowly And with awareness, pay attention to what's happening. How are you responding? How is your digestion responding? You know, a lot of times people will just rack up the calories and be like, okay, now I'm going to eat in a surplus and build muscle. And they won't think about how their digestion is responding to things and they might feel groggy or like slow and tired and more exhausted because they're just not used to consuming that much food. So you have to do it in a very planned, methodical way. Reasons a coach is so useful because they can help guide you through that process. 
So, of course, you're like, okay, Morgan, but how do I know if I'm eating enough? How much is too much? And I think a few tools to have in place to help you in this process is going to be some kind of food tracking. Now, I'm on tracking macros right now. I don't have all my clients track macros because for some people it's just not something that they can do easily or it's not something that they can handle mentally. Tracking serves a purpose. It allows us to have a picture of what's going on and to be able to play with the numbers because there is a science behind this. And when you are trying to play with science, it's all about experimentation and recording the data to see what happens. So if I push my calories, I want to see what happens with my weight. And tracking those two numbers simultaneously will allow me to see if perhaps they are influencing each other or vice versa or whatever. So while I'm not saying that everybody has to track their macros and calories and all of that, I do think that it can be really beneficial. However, I know there's a lot of stigma associated with tracking and a lot of people feel like, oh, you know, that might lead to an eating disorder and that kind of thing and Absolutely, those are things to be aware of and conscious of when making these decisions. And also tracking macros takes a lot of time. But as with anything new that you're learning, it's going to take you a couple months to figure it out. It's going to take you a couple weeks to be like, how do I even figure out what my macros are? How do I track them? How do I make a meal that has all of the things in them? And then as far as just tracking without macros, portion control is very important. One of the reasons that I enjoy using macros is because it forces you to weigh things out. And a lot of times we think that a portion size is a specific size and then we go weigh it out and it's actually drastically different than one we thought it was. Having accurate data can be highly, highly useful, but it's not for everybody. I enjoy it only because I am a data geek. I mean, I'm a triathlete, so I have all the gadgets and the gadgets and the gadgets and, you know, <laughs> I track everything, which isn't necessary at all, but it's something I enjoy, and so I'm okay with it. Anyways, I think this has gotten long enough. Hopefully there's some tidbits of information in here that you can use to help along your body transformation journey and get you closer to your goals. Find what works for you. Everybody is going to be different. I might eat 2,400 calories, but y'all might not be eating that much, or you might be eating more. It depends what kind of activity you're doing or not doing and how your metabolism has adapted to the things that have happened in your life. And there's so many different factors. This is why nutrition is such a personalized process. These were just a few examples of ways in which eating too few calories might be showing up in your life. So if you're experiencing any of these things, pay attention, practice some awareness, notice your portions, maybe track for a week and see what's up. You know, as always, I say that awareness is key. So noticing how much you're eating and noticing how your body is responding to it, even if it's just like paying attention to whether your pants are fitting or not fitting, or, you know, if you're having bowel movements, or if you're feeling sluggish, or all of the things that I mentioned. Practice paying attention and play around. Experiment. The process is about experimenting. So you're not necessarily going to have concrete answers. You have to figure it out. What works for you, what doesn't. This is why working with a coach can be so beneficial, but it's not always necessary. Anyways, hopefully I provided value in some way. 
If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a rating and a review. I would love some feedback. That's how my platform can grow. If you're not already following me on Instagram, go check me out. I have linked everything in the show notes. I also send out a weekly newsletter, usually on Thursdays, with more stories, knowledge, information, things to help you along your journey. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. As always, thanks so much for listening. Catch you next week. Ciao.